David. And I'm Lisa. And this is a podcast where we play every Final Fantasy game, starting with one, and talk about it. Together! We're currently playing Final Fantasy VI. Six. Ha ha! Yes, good job. <laughs> but before we do that, it's time for our weekly check-ins. Or, oh boy. Sorry, bi-weekly check-ins. Yes. Lisa, any life updates? I'm going to see S-Club tomorrow. Cool. So, life do, you, do you have any life updates? I think from the last time we recorded, I went to my in-person tournament. You did. I went four and three. Ooh. Which is sad, because five and two wouldn't have gotten me in the top 16 and gotten me prizes. And so... Yeah, but four and three is better than 50%, which was your goal. So I guess personal updates became Lorcana updates. Yeah, nice transition. Uh Uh-huh. And other Lorcana updates, we... Your wife loves you a lot. My wife got me a box of set three, which Woo-hoo! was nice. We didn't open any enchanteds, but no. we did get a we did get a couple like legendaries that were pretty cool. Yeah, but not the Robin Hood, my favorite Disney character. So you know, I know I'm sorry. Patreon.com/slash Spouses of Light. <laughs> Are you setting that up <laughs> again? No, it's just a bit. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, Final Fantasy updates. Got any, Lisa? Seven Rebirth came out since last time we recorded. Yep. But no one's played it in this house. Nope. We downloaded it, though, I assume. Yep. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) There we go. Any Persona updates, Lisa? I'm still chugging along, and I'm loving it. And I now have a puppy on my team. (gasps) A puppy? That makes it better than five. (laughs) (laughs) Having a puppy on my team is fun. He's a good boy. His Persona is Cerberus, so it's awesome. And I think I'm starting to know what the plot of the game is. At like 45 hours in. (laughs) 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 Hashtag persona things. Well, we also have one other life update we can say. We can. Yeah. Our biggest fan Mm -hmm. is pregnant. Whoa. How did Ryan get pregnant? Oh, funny. Funny, funny. Is Ryan not our biggest fan? No. Who's our biggest fan? Janae. Janae. Yay. Janae's pregnant. Woo. Shanae's my little sister, and she's Pragers. Yeah. She's she's going to make us an aunt and uncle again. For the third time. Yeah. Woohoo! Congratulations! Yay! <gasps> What's up? I just got an idea. What's your idea? I'm going to make her a onesie that says Baby of Light. Oh, I love it. You need to cut that part out of the podcast, though. I was going to say, I'm not cutting it. Let's see if you can get to it before she gets <laughs> caught up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Nice. That actually puts a deadline on you. Oh, man. Okay. Anything else? Nope. All right. Well, in that case, let's dive back in. Oh. We ended the last one with Terra agreeing to be the bridge between the espers and humans, and that the returners will attack from the north, and the espers will attack from the east, and we'll wreck the empire together. Rahaha. So we fly to the Imperial Observation Post, because that's our way into the sealed gate. That's right. Okay. And we figure that we're going to have to fight our way through the Empire, or sneak through the Empire. And so we show up at the Observation Post, and... And we party out, but there's it's strange. There's no one around. And Tara goes, that's odd. And she's like, well, we shouldn't just stand around. Let's get going. And so we walk through the Observation Post, out the other side, across the bridge, and into a cave. Yeah, We're not the smartest people in the world in the fact that, you know, the Empire had guards here, had an entire outpost, and now there's just no one there, and now that we're wanting to go to the sealed cave, sounds like it's not a trap at all. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, we go into the cave to the sealed gate, and what does the cave look like, Lisa? It looks like a cave. I even wrote that in parentheses because I knew you would ask me what the cave looked like. And we've got some enemies. (laughs) We've got the Provoker. The Provoker is our shadow sprite that we've we've had before, but this one's definitely like very dark uh, gray, black. He's got green glowing eyes. The Outcast. The Outcast is gross. 
he's purple, but it's a skull head with like flesh arms. But then at his hips, he turns back into a skeleton. So he's got like a pelvic bone. And then his spine is dangling down behind him like a tail. And then his lungs are on the outside and they're gold and they like swoop around to the back and they're in pieces. And he's got purple bulbous like grapes looking things on his back. And he's got a glowing gold center. He's gross. I don't know what I just described, but he's gross. <laughs> the Antares. The Antares is like the antlion sprite we've had before, I think. Uh, like a scorpion, but with ant pincers in the front. And he's a coppery color. The zombie dragon. The zombie dragon looks like the bone dragon sprite that we had before. So it's a skeleton dragon. And he is a purple gray with yellow teeth and red eyes. And the ninja. Aww. That's a fun game. <laughs> uh, the ninja looks like a ninja, but he's got more armor than usual how we imagine ninjas to be but he's dressed in black he's got uh daggers hanging off his hip he's got a big katana and then he's got actually wolverine claws on one hand so snicked <laughs> then items we've got the assassin's dagger the kazakiri heidi's jute the x potion a high ether times three the genji glove 293 gil a weird number <laughs> The water scroll, an invisibility scroll, a golden needle, an elixir, a tent, three magic sight shards, and the Ultima weapon. Whoa. Mm -hmm. So we start making our way through this cave and... And I got turned into an imp for the first time. Yeah. It's adorable. You get turned into a little kappa. Kappa, kappa. Which... Not a lambda? No. Haha. Because we're learning Greek. Hashtag Um, Greek jokes. No, you get turned into a little kappa, and it's funny because like I was like, "How is a kappa an imp?" And I was like, "Well, I guess in Japanese folklore, like they are like troublemaking creatures, and they so are. and so that's the trans." Whereas I think of an imp as a little devil, mm. um, but that's my Americanness for me. So that was cool because I was I was an imp in a battle. Mm. I go to the menu afterwards to get an item to cure me of my imp status, and the mini portrait in the menu was hilarious. So. As we go, there's a lava section. Yeah, there's a lava (laughs) section. (laughs) And the bridges move in the sense, not like a Harry Potter staircase, but in the sense of here's a bridge for two seconds and now it's going to disappear and it's going to be a bridge somewhere else for two seconds and it's going to go back and forth like that. So you have to figure out, okay, where's the one spot that that stays a bridge so that you can go half and then wait and then go the other half kind of thing. And then... I started keeping a fall into the lava count because it happened a few times in a row, but then I got the hang of it. So mine was three. Eight. <laughs> Luckily, you know, like it's not game over if you fall in. You just get dropped back to where you started from. Yeah. <laughs> it's not annoying at all. <laughs> so as you're going through, at one point there's a switch and you flip it and the bridge that you're standing on collapses and you fall down. And then a bridge appears somewhere else and it says there's a distant sound somewhere. Mm-hmm. And you just keep navigating through, and you flip more switches. One brings out a ninja who was going to get all the treasure beneath the stairs for his own. And so we beat him and take the treasure for ourselves. Yeah, it's really funny because he, like, falls through. So the switch that you flipped, like, removed the bridge that he was standing on, presumably, or whatever. Mm -hmm. There's one that opens to a doorway, and it's at this point that I discover a really, what I think is a charming aspect of the game. It is. And when you use a tent in the game, which is what you, at a save point or when you're out in the overworld, if you use a tent, it fully restores your party's HP and MP. And I discovered that the tent looks different depending on who your party leader is. Yep. And by party leader, I just mean the person that you're, that the sprite is as you're walking around because you can shuffle between the four people in your party. Mm-hmm. So Terra's is a pink tent with a giant red bow. Locks is a yellow tent with a moon. And then... Spoiler alert for the episode, I'm going to try a bunch later, and I'll tell you what those tents look like at the end. There you go. But each character has a different tent, I think that's really cute. It is very cute. Did you know that? Yes. Oh, okay. (laughs) The third switch makes a noise and shakes the screen a few times. Don't really know what changed. We come to an area with a bunch of dirt mounts. If you interact with the spots, there's a bunch of things buried on the ground. And now, instead of switches in the wall, there's buttons on the ground. Mm Mm-hmm. And as you step on them, 
I, it destroys pathways. So similar to what we did to the poor ninja. And I lost getting to a treasure chest because it destroyed the path to the treasure chest. And I was sad about that. Um, one opens a door and that's where we get the ultimate weapon. And finally we make it to the sealed door. And there's this purple and gray smoke with lightning flashes swirling around an elevated piece of land across a bridge with huge doors built into the rocks. It's a really cool animation, and I don't know how much of that is from these uh, remasters or what was original, but it's a, re- it's a really cool animation. Mm-hmm. And so we tell, we look to Tara, and we're like, look, it's up to you now. You've got to do the thing. She's, you're our only hope. And she starts crossing the bridge. And she calls herself Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> and the... <laughs> <laughs> I love your Kefka laugh. Yep. Yeah, in my notes I wrote, she starts crossing the bridge, and then Kefka laugh. <laughs> Kefka tells us that the Emperor was right, that if we give them Terra, they'll open the door for us. And sure enough, we're stepping right into their trap. Mm-hmm. Kefka says he has no more business with us, but we challenge him because we have to keep him busy while Terra gets through the door. Mm-hmm. And so, like, he the whole time he's like, this is pointless, why are you fighting me? And then we get one hit on him. And then the door opens and he's and the fight stops. And then we get a little cutscene. Tara flashes a bunch of different colors, switches forms, flashes colors, and goes, Oh, Esper's heed my call. The camera pans back to the people in your party in Kefka, who says, I have a bad feeling about this, and then dives on the floor. <laughs> and we follow suit because that seems like a good idea, I guess. And then Esper's come flying out at us. And I want to describe this animation a little bit because it was both effective, but also a little bit hilariously bad. (laughs) Agreed. Because while so much of this game has really improved the like animation that they can do, they didn't put any effort into this at all. And all that it is, is a sprite floating across the screen in different directions. So there's no dynamic animation to it. They're not even like unique sprites for like a flying at you animation. Like it's just their battle sprites gliding across the screen and like a Windows 95 screensaver. And it's, I cracked up. So after they all leave, um, Tara gets knocked back to us from being close to the door and she passes out. Boulders fall in front of the doors after they close and it's sealed for now, question mark. Tara gets up, we go back to the airship, and as we head back through the Imperial Observation Post, Cyan meets us at the exit, entrance, whatever, and asks what happens, and so we catch him up, and then we're back on the blackjack. And we're heading toward Vector, where because apparently all the espers started heading toward it when they flew off, and Tara senses them there. Mm-hmm. So she runs to the bow of the ship, and the espers are upon us, attacking us in the ship. And Terra yells out that they're angry. And they start, like, destroying our ship. And we're about to crash land. And, like, Locke has to knock Terra down to save her from... Mm-hmm. And he, like, somebody else comes on ship and he on the dock and he knocks them all over. Like, he's just jumping on top of everyone trying mm-hmm. to be like, Get down, the espers are angry. Mm-hmm. It's like Lisa when she's hungry. Yep. And so we crash. Yeah, but in a seriously motion sick manner. <laughs> like, it was a long crash scene and I had to look away because it was like, Ugh. So, luckily, we crash right next to Vector. Mm-hmm. So, that's where we're going anyway. We walk into Vector. Mm-hmm. And this time, you can get some more items. You can get an alarm earring, an X-potion, an ether, a gale hairpin, holy water. And we've got a new enemy to fight. We've got the Imperial Elite. The Imperial Elite is our old soldier friend sprite, the one with the the giant axe and the shield. He is a dark silver. His shield is like a blue, oh, a weathered blue color with rust. So what's different about Vector from the last time we were here is that everything's on fire. Everything's on fire. <laughs> Copyright? <laughs> Um, the roofs, the walls, there's damage all over the place. And the townspeople are kind of running around panicked, but not really. And when you, you stop to talk to them, they're like, what happened? What's going on? Why is everything on fire? And I'm like, Esper started the fire. Copyright. (laughs) And I'm like, why aren't you evacuating? But whatever. So we make our way towards the palace 
And as we walk a little ways in, there's a, a guy in a wizard robe that stops us and he goes, the emperor is expecting you this way, please. And it's like, well, that's not good. The town's on fire and the emperor's just chill waiting for us. That sounds right to me. Like, <laughs> for this emperor. Oh, well, for Gestalt. We, yeah, but we don't know yet. I mean, we should. We've seen him, like, <laughs> kidnap espers and drain them of their life essence for power. That's true. And make war on everyone in the world just for power's sake, not for any other reason. So, so as as we're going in, there's a bunch of soldiers that we that we pass that we can talk to, and one of them's like, "The war's over." Another says, "I've lost the will to fight." They're very dejected. Um, they blame the espers for all the damage, and then one mentions that he's imprisoned Kefka when he heard what Kefka did, mm-hmm. and that Kefka may spend the rest of his life behind bars. And so this is our last glimmer of hope that the that the emperor may have an ounce of good in him so gestal himself says that he's lost the will to fight and he hangs his head sid comes out and says that the emperors had a change of heart the espers came to rescue their friends and when they discovered they were all dead they ravaged the whole empire um in fact he says their shrieks of rage will haunt me forever yeah so in case you forgot uh when we split up the group sid said that he was going to go talk to the emperor and see mm-hmm. if he could talk some sense into him so it sounds like he has and the emperor gets up and moves to the back door and says that we have to stop the espers. They're too powerful. We have to all work together. Let's go have dinner together. Um, and I'm like, red flag! <laughs> Food means poison! Sid says we need to talk to as many soldiers as we can before the dinner to convince them not to fight anymore. So we have four minutes to go talk to as many soldiers as we can. Mm-hmm. So how many did you find? 23. I think I, I think I found 22. Did the game keep count for us? Yes, the okay. game kept count. And like every time you talk to a soldier, it put a number on. Yeah, so I think I found 22 was the last number I saw. Um, some of them will attack you because they're like, no, I'm not giving up. But most of them say things like, the war's over. I've lost the will to fight. Like the same old things that we saw before. And then you can find Kefka in prison. Mm-hmm. And it as you walk in, he's kind of bouncing around the walls of the cell. And if you try to talk to him, he goes... Um, man, this place is a dump and like laughs and just very Joker-esque. Yep. <laughs> he's having a good time in prison, even though he's cl- complaining about the way that it, his treatment is. He deserved to be in a better cell than this. <laughs> yeah. Clearly he's the mad clown. And so we go back time for a banquet with the emperor. Mm-hmm. We all sit on one side, Sid joins us and then the emperor and four of his advisors or whatever they're all wearing wizard robes but i don't think they're actually wizards are on the other side and i go it seems super sus is what i wrote <laughs> i mean you're not wrong but basically uh during it the emperor will ask us questions or let us ask questions and based off of your choices you'll get different rewards after the uh dinner mm-hmm. and so it it all basically comes down to are you repentant and can we work together? Mm-hmm. And you have to answer those questions a few different times. Like you have to go b- back and forth on those a few different times. Mm-hmm. Um, the music also is a little unsettling at this point. It's not like happy, joyful, feasting music. So mm-hmm. that's another clue. And then halfway through, we take a break and the wizards want to test our strength. And so we fight them. Mm-hmm. Those were our actual uh, imperial elites from earlier that yes. we talked about. Yeah, so that's why I'm like they're when wizards rose, but they're not actual wizards. And for those well, battles they're... They, they're elite, so they have magic, right? Like that. That's that... true. When you battle them, there's a two minute timer and they go that's not going to be a problem, right? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also weird that there was a timer, right? They're trying to see how strong you are. Yeah, I guess. So after we fight them, we go back and sit down, and I'm like, that's a weird break from dinner. Like, why do you need a break from dinner? But whatever. You don't take mid-dinner breaks before having more food? Not usually. Interesting. (laughs) Obviously, you don't eat at fancy banquets. I don't. I've never dined with an emperor, so. There you go. So the emperor gets to his point. He wants Terra to be the bridge between the humans and the espers using the magic tech armor he has. We need to meet at Albrook, leave from there to go on a ship to Crescent Island. And when we get to Albrook, we're meeting with General Leo. And in, in my notes to myself, I'm like, he's the one that had morals earlier. And Sa- oh, and Sabin reminds us of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, this this seems like a might be a legit plan. 
Yeah. But Tara is also concerned about the magic tech because we know what magic tech does to people. We all group up and Locke says like, hey, why don't some of you guys stay behind to keep an eye on the emperor because I don't trust him. And then we leave. And that's when we're stopped by one of the wizard soldiers. And I got told that um, I get rewards for my decorum at the banquet. Yeah, I got told the same thing. I just got different rewards than you did because I didn't get as many because I wasn't as decorous as you. Mm. <laughs> so he said that because like the, they would withdraw all the troops from South Figaro. Got it. They would withdraw troops from Doma. Got it. It might have been all of them. I didn't specify all, but anyway. The armory at the Imperial Observation Post is open and that we can go grab all the gear. Got it. So that's the basement down below that was locked. Tintinabulum relic. Didn't get it. Oh, and a ward bangle relic. Didn't get it. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you head over to the observation post to get your rewards. To the basement. And you get an X potion, angel wings, 51,000 gil. Woo. A high ether, Hermes sandals, an angel ring, an alarm ring, an elixir, and a reflect ring. An alarm earring. So then we head to Albrook. Which we've been to before. Mm -hmm. It was previously occupied by the military. And at first, I was like, there's still soldiers here. What's, like, you said they were going to be whatever. And when you talk to people, they're like, we're so glad the soldiers are gone. And I'm like, what are you talking about? They're still here. So I guess they're just not bothering people anymore. They're not an occupying force anymore. They're there because we're meeting up with Leo here to go ship across the sea. There, so There you go. Um, so one of the guys that we had talked to last time who was like, man, I have to bribe them to do business. He's all excited. He's like, now they have to bribe us to stay. Mwahaha. And the soldier's all, man, this sucks. And it's like, yeah. We get to the ship and we meet Leo and him. And, if you have Cyan with you, he recognizes Cyan and asks for forgiveness for not being able to stop Kefka from poisoning Doma. Mm. And Cyan says it's not his fault, which I took as character growth for Cyan, right? Because Celeste was an Imperial general and... The moment he saw her, he was blaming her for everything and was hating her just for being Imperial. Now he's meeting General... After traveling with Celeste, mm -hmm. he's now meeting Leo, who he faced in one-on-one bat in -on -one battle at one point before the poisoning, right? Mm -hmm. But now there's an Imperial General taking ownership for the poisoning that he, like, he didn't do and Cyan's forgiving him, saying, it, it's not you. It was Kefka. It wasn't you. Like, he's... Celeste has opened his eyes to seeing that not all Imperials act the same way. I mean, so far it's only two, but still. <laughs> it is only two, but still. Yeah, I didn't have Cyan with me, so I didn't get that interaction, but that's cool. Mm -hmm. Leo says that there's another general and a soldier that he hired that will be joining us as well. Any guesses who that could be? Celeste and Shadow! Yeah! I honestly was like, oh, cool! I had no idea it was going to be the people that we knew. <laughs> Are you serious? Yes. I was totally surprised. I was like, all right, sure. New characters. <laughs> so as Celeste comes out, Locke turns to the screen and freaks out for a second. It's so cute. Leo asks if something's the matter and Locke says, no. <laughs> so Leo says that we depart in the morning and he's arranged for rooms for us at the inn. At which point I was like, dang it. Because I had gone to the inn and paid for it like right before coming down to the ship. <laughs> and I went, oh, time for cutscenes. Yep. <laughs> so... Tara goes up to Celeste and is like, Celeste, and Celeste just doesn't say anything, but there's a there's a unspoken communication between the two of them, um, which is different from what's about to happen. <laughs> Got, Locke goes up to her, and she looks down into the side and doesn't know what to do with him, and she turns and runs off, after which Locke says, Celeste, and hangs his head. I don't know. Better note, Shadow says, I'm working for the Empire, but don't worry, they didn't hire me to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> Good old Shadow. <gasps> so, we go stay in the inn. Locke wakes up in the middle of the night and goes outside, and Celeste is there, and she's just staring down at the river, thinking, and he tries talking to her, but she won't talk back. He has the gall to ask why she won't talk to him, <laughs> saying that, uh, I know I doubted you for a moment, but we can still be friends, right? Idiot. If you've never doubted somebody that you're still friends with, I know for a fact you have doubted your friends before. But I've never gone back to them and been like, hey, I totally doubted you, but it's cool, right? You totally have. No. 
You thought your friends hated you and have said, I thought you hated me. Okay, that's different. I never thought my friends were traitorous double crossers. That's a big difference. Okay. That's me being insecure. That's not me thinking that my friends were traitorous to like the United States. <laughs> and I think that he's insecure, but you know. Well, he is incredibly insecure. Yeah. But he's not like, oh, Celeste, I doubted your personal feelings for me. This was, oh, Celeste, I thought you, like, again, I thought you were loyal to your country and but like, a traitor to me and my rebellious cause. Like, that's different. <laughs> so she runs off again without responding to him. Because he's he a hangs, jerk and an idiot. And he hangs his head. So this is twice now that he's tried to, like, approach her and talk to her. And twice that she's cold-shouldered him and ran away. We leave the next I, I would say that the first time was not a cold shoulder. I think the first time was be- because of the way that she also didn't talk to Tara. And she was just like, I think she she felt ashamed and is like, how are you guys going to react to me after everything that was said about me? Like, and I saw that you didn't trust me. Like, I don't know how this is work. Like, I think the first time was uh, was unsure. And then the second time was hurt. Re- was hurt. Yeah. yeah. So we wake up the next day, go back down to the ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, sail away. Leo says that things are going smoothly. We should rest for the night and we'll arrive tomorrow. So more night cutscenes. <laughs> this time it's Tara's turn. Yeah. She's up in the middle of the night and she has a sweet heart to heart with Leo. It was very sweet. Yeah. So Leo is kind of confessing to her. He's like, look, I'm no better than Kefka. He's like, I knew what the Empire was going was doing to, to you and I didn't stop it. You know, Tara wonders, could could an Esper and a human ever really love each other? You know, like, could could I ever be in love with a human? And he says, well, of course, like, you're proof of that. You know, like, your parents were an Esper and a human. Tara's like, I don't, I don't even know what love feels like. You know, and so Leo goes all fatherly mentor on her and goes, you know, you're young, but someday you'll know it. And when when you know, you know, is kind of what he said. And then he he walks off and Tara goes, but I want to know now. (laughs) (laughs) Who's the OTP for Tara for you? I don't remember. Okay. Oh, Edgar. Tara and Edgar. Ah, okay. (laughs) Even though his hitting on her did not work at all. Well, yeah, because she doesn't know what love feels like yet. (laughs) So after he walks off, um, she hears a noise and it's Shadow this time, and he comes out, and he was sleeping. He's like, I was sleeping under the stars, because he's emo. She's like, did, did you hear everything? And he's like, yeah, of course I did. Um, <laughs> and she's like, well, what do you think? He says, well, you'll have to find out those answers for yourself. And, and then he says, remember, there are people in this world who choose to kill their emotions. And just walks, <laughs> and then, like, that's the end of it. And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> I think he's saying that, like, she's lucky. She's been emotionless and is longing for emotion, right? And I think he's like, no, man, it's good to not have emotions. Emotions just cause pain. Kill your emotions. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like an emo kid. Yeah. Or me. (laughs) She goes, she leaves, and then Locke comes out, and he's like, oh, I feel sick. And then he pukes, lays down, gets up. Ugh, the world's greatest treasure hunter reduced to this and then pukes over the side again. <laughs> we need some comic relief after all that. Yeah, that's good. So the next day, Leo says that we're almost there. We'll split into two parties, Leo and Celeste and Locke and Shadow and Tara. If we see any sign of espers, we're supposed to report back right away. So this time Celeste tries to talk to Locke, but he ices her out and walks away. And Lisa got really mad and wrote a note that she can't say on a clean podcast. And let's just say, I think he's an idiot again. Okay. <laughs> so then in when we leave the town, we're in the overworld. And we've got some enemies. Not the town. We left the ship. Sorry. We landed. You're right. When we leave the ship and head to town, we have to go through the overworld. Mm-hmm. We've got two enemies in this area. We've got the Briarius. Yeah, that thing. Uh, it's a quadruped with like an armadillo kind of armor on its back and really sharp jaws. And it's like a greenish part on top and underneath it's brown. It's got claws and a little red fluffy tail. And the Devourer. The Devourer is a Nautilus shell with like an octopus coming out of it. Septopus. I don't know how many arms there are. But uh, it's a sea creature-ish looking thing. It's red with green glowing eyes and the shell is gray and green. And then we make our way up to the town of Thamasa. And what does Thamasa oh, look like? I thought it was Thamasa. It's got a T-H. Thamasa. Yeah, so does Thomas. You're right. <laughs> anyway, I don't think I wrote what it looks like, so it must just look like a regular old town. 
Cool. You can pick up a green cherry and an echo screen here. Mm-hmm. And this is the town we've been to before when we were exploring the world and nobody would talk to us. I didn't go there the first time. That's right. I remember it as I was in it. I was like, oh, yeah, this is the town that David went to and I skipped. But, so this is my first encounter with it. But this time people will talk to us, but they still are acting a little weird. Yes. So there's there's a guy that says that the innkeeper doesn't like outsiders and overcharges them. So I went to the inn to check it out. And yeah, he's like 1500 gil for the inn. And I'm like, heck no. Um, you find the elder and he goes, magic, what's that? Before we even asked anything, like he's, you know, the kind of thing that people who are like, don't say the thing, don't say the thing. Ha! Ah, like, oh, you know what it is? It's like Into the Spider-Verse <laughs> where Miles is being chased by the secu- security guard at school and he's like, play dumb, play dumb, play dumb. And the, and the guard goes like, Morales. He's like, who's Morales? Like, he's like, not that dumb. Like, it's that kind of thing. Oh, sorry. We stumble upon a little girl who tells her mom, like, oh, I've got an owie. And the mom goes, okay, cure. And then she looks at us and she goes, yo, I left the medicine in the curio cabinet and runs off. And the little girl's like, why won't you use cure on me? <laughs> <laughs> and so then we walk into a house and we see a guy with gray fluff of hair and a magnificent mustache. He's wearing a red cape and a blue outfit. He's very, like, it's very Doctor Strange outfit. Yeah. Um Classic Doctor Strange. And he asks what us youngsters have come to see him for. And we get the character intro thing. An elderly gentleman who has spent his whole life pursuing the secrets of monsters. Strago! And he goes, Espers, hmm? Haven't heard that word in a while. And then we, we press him by we keep asking him. And he shakes his head and backpedals is like, I don't know any about them. Not one thing. And then a cute little girl runs out and she... Her character intro is, in her pictures, she captures everything. Force, water, light, the very essence of the things she paints. Realm! And she asks, Grandpa, who are they? Are they friends? Can they use magic too? And Strago's freaking out like, ah, you didn't hear that. Nothing to see here. It's adorable. He tries to shush her, but then she sees uh, Shadow's puppy and she freaks out. And Shadow's like, watch out, he bites. And Strago, like... After, but she's like totally fawning over the puppy and it's fine. And he's not biting. Exactly. And Strago is like, hey, go back to your room. But the puppy follows her. And and apparently the dog's name is Interceptor. And I go, did we know that? I think so. Okay. I just forgotten. But I was like, that's so cute. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, man, something strange is going on. We got to explore around the village more. Yep. As you run around, you see a kid practicing fire in an area behind a building. But when he sees us, he's like, uh-oh, and runs away. I go back to the inn, and he's like, hey, one gill for the night. Why not relax for a spell? Spell? Ah, ah, ah. Nice, I didn't catch that. And it seems sus, but I'm like, well, I guess this is how we progress the game, so. <laughs> I mean, that's what, when it's game progression, it's always nice and cheap, right? Yep. So, our nighttime scene is that Locke wakes up in the night, and Strago runs in and tells him that Realm's on fire, and the neighbor's house caught on fire, and OMG, he just needs to come help. I don't think he said OMG, I think that's Lisa. <laughs> so we try to wake up Shadow, who doesn't get up at first, but he does after Locke and team leave. Because he's like, where'd Interceptor go? And we go outside, and sure enough, the big house in the middle of town is on fire, and it starts to explode. And Strago tries to put it out, the fire, using magic. And instead of going like, water, or blizzard, or anything, he goes, flames away. Yes. <laughs> and then the mayor freaks out. He's like, magic is forbidden. And Strago's like, my granddaughter's in there. Gosh darn it. Like, I'm going to use my magic to put the fire out. Which is really cute when he says that. The whole town, like, gets in uh, a flying V formation. Yes. Like, with him at the point. Well, because then the mayor's like, all right, fine. Like, And they each take turn casting flames away. Yep. Um, but it doesn't work unfortunately so strago's like okay i'm gonna go in and save her and so Locke and tara join him and they call him a geezer and i lol'd and in this uh building we are going to fight some balloons that we've seen before and we're going to have a boss fight against the flame eater the flame eater is a giant red and yet like it looks like an eye almost so it's got a dark red center and then a lighter yellow around it and then dark red again and it's just a flaming mass yep yep 
And inside you can find the ice rod, which, you know, is then useful against the flame eater because mm-hmm. it's ice magic. Mm-hmm. But when we beat the flame eater, we find that Interceptor's been with Realm and was trying to save her. Because mm-hmm, he's a good boy. But the building shakes and we all pass out. And it's like, oh no, now we're all going to die in the flames. And it's good game. Yep. The end. No. So Shadow comes down through the ceiling from a rope, like a ninja. And he does the super cool, like, ninja slide where there's some enemies on one side. And he slides through them. And then, like, a second later they die. You know, like they do in in action movies like that. Super cool. Yep. And then... He and Interceptor save everyone by throwing a smoke bomb. You know, a smoke bomb in the midst of a burning building full of smoke. That's what we need in order to be rescued. <laughs> Ninja things, man. I don't know. <laughs> yep, yep. So we're back at the inn and Strago tells, like, tells us everything because, you know, now we know. And he's like, look, this is the village of the Magi. They've been hiding here since the, the War of the Magi because everyone was mad at them after and the war. And killing them. It was like witch hunts we were finding out. Like anybody yep. who could use magic, even if you were accused of being able to use magic, it was enough to get you killed. Yep. So they all like fled to this out of the way town and pretended like everything was fine. Yeah. So over, over the generations, the bloodlines have been diluting, but there's still some magic here. He's like... You may find the espers in the mountains to the west. Because it was a place that was sacred to them back in the old days, mm-hmm. before they left and sealed themselves away. Yeah, and so that's where we decide to go. So outside the inn, Strago tries to thank Shadow, but Shadow waves him off and says, Don't get the wrong idea. I just wanted my dog back. <laughs> and then and then Shadow does the thing where he's like, All right, I'm out. I spent enough time doing the teamwork thing. I'm going to go find the espers in my own way. And so, you know, you at this point, you're like, cool, we must be getting the new two characters that got introduced to us. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for some reason, we only get one of them. Strago joins the party as Shadow leaves, and we head to the Esper Cave. Yep. What does the Esper Cave look like, Lisa? Looks like a cave! <laughs> I feel like our, like, descriptions have gotten much less descriptive. <laughs> Is it that, or is it that they're just reusing the same designs over and over and over again? La 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 la. <laughs> so our enemies here are the Bonacon. The Bonacon is a giant green worm thing. It's a really pretty like lime green color with red spots on it, but it's still a gross giant worm. The land green. That thing uh, is a sprite that we've seen before. It's a flying creature and its wings are yellow. Its legs and the wing shells i guess are like a dark gray and its pincers are blue the mandrake the mandrake is another sprite we've seen before it's the one that's just like a vine and it is brown and green the venobenu the venobenu (laughs) is the like vulture hunched over thing that we've seen before and it's a really gross orange color with like a purple head neck thing and brown hair and the adamankari the Adamankari is the sprite I couldn't describe a while ago, the quadruped with the armadillo thing going on. This time the body is green, the armadillo-y part is uh, purple, and the tail is orangey-red. So you can pick up a healing rod, and as you go through the cave... You see Realm kind of pop up here and there. Like, she, she, she's running behind us, and then she's like, oh! And, like, runs back away like she's trying not to get caught, but she's clearly still sneaking around after us. Yeah, like, she had asked to come with, and Strago was like, no! Nah! And she's like, well, I'm coming anyway. Yep. Because <laughs> she's a spunky little kid, and that's what they do. Yep. So as we're going through, we come across three golden somethings, and Strago freaks out. And he goes, are these the, the statues of the Warring Triad? And then we finally get to find out what the Warring Triad is. Yep. We find out that they are the legendary gods who created the power we know as magic. Legend says that after the Warring Triad created the Espers, they got tired of fighting and turn themselves into stone and can be found beyond the sealed gate. Mm-hmm. So, cool. Good job, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so somebody, so Kefka's goal of waking the warring triad is to wake the gods of magic. Mm-hmm. So, um, we're, we're sitting on that statue, and, uh, or we're sorry, we're standing on the platform where the statues are, and we start to walk down the stairs, and an old friend drops out of nowhere and knocks us out. Ultros! 
And he's like, the statues are all mine. Now I'll finally be able to get some respect from Siegfried. And I'm like, who's Siegfried? <laughs> Ultros continues to delight me. And he is hilarious. Like, I I want the the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Like, Ultros game of Final <laughs> Fantasy VI. Like, what is Ultros doing in between when he pops up with us? Because he sounds like he's having a hilarious little, like... Romp. Yeah. <laughs> So we have to fight Ultros for a while until Realm shows up. And then she sa- like she stops the fight and says to Ultros that she wants to paint his picture. Mm-hmm. And we're all like, what are you doing? He's going to kill you. And she's like, "Like, no, this is going to be cool. I'm going to like paint your picture. And then... And Ultros doesn't want it to happen either. Yeah, he's like, what? Get out of here, kid. And then she like... Um, I said, there's some cute manipulation that happens. And she's basically like, oh, no one ever lets me paint their pictures. And she's like pouting. And he's like, oh, well, I mean, I guess it's okay. And she's like, I mean, you're only like the best looking like octopus thing ever, right? He's like, oh, well, if you know, if you say so, I guess it wouldn't, you know, like it's so cute. Such manipulation. Like, (laughs) so then we go back into the fight with Realm in our party now. And she has the sketch ability. Mm -hmm. And when she does, a copy of Ultros appears on our side. Mm -hmm. So she sketches Ultros. And then he sees himself and says... I'm really just a washed up old octopus. <laughs> and then he disappears. Yep. And Realm joins the party. And so we have a save and heal point here. And we find out that Realm's tent is pink with a pink heart on top. Oh. <laughs> and there are three marked spots on the ground. And if you step on one, you fall through the floor. Did you step on the same one? Yeah. I was going to say, I didn't know where the other ones went. But so yeah, you fall through the floor and you keep going. You eventually end up near what looks like a Zelda fairy. And Realm gets closer to it and is knocked back. And then more espers start showing up. Some that look like wolfmen and some are dragons. All different colors and more fairies show up. And it's this, at this point that, you know, we're being surrounded kind of thing. And Locke is like, Strago, you got to get Realm out of here. And they, they, they do, they leave. But then they come right back because more espers have closed in from the other side. And now we're surrounded. And Strago and Terra start channeling, like they get, you know, they do the, like their mouths are moving, like they're casting their spells or whatever. And Locke, like, you know, like Mortal Kombat fight poses it up. And then the vo- it's labeled Yura. We haven't seen him yet, but Yura calls, wait! And he, in comes this barbarian looking dude and he faces Terra. He looks very much like uh, Modwin, Terra's dad. Yes. Yeah. So he faces Terra. They have some Esper flashes. <laughs> And Strago's like, I'm sensing some strong power from Terra. And Locke freaks out because he's like, oh no, she's going to go ballistic again. But she knows who she is now, so yes. she doesn't freak out. Yeah, but he, he's just concerned. So yep. Yura goes, you're you're different from the others. You possess the same power we do. I can feel it. And so he then explains how he and all the other espers that are there are young espers. And they wanted to come into the world to avenge their friends who had been turned into magicite. And then Tara opened the door and they sensed her emotions and they all just escaped. They mm-hmm. were like, ah, and they're like, we may not save the world, but we will avenge it. Well, yeah. So, yeah, they said upon entering the world, they felt surges of power and they lost control. So similar to what happened to Tara. Mm-hmm. And, he's like, and they ended up destroying the village. And he's like, we attacked people who didn't do anything wrong. We find out that like, oh, so the espers weren't like on an angry rampage they were on a lost control rampage just like tara did in the world that she destroyed exactly and tara says that she experienced the same thing and strago muses that maybe there's something in the esper world that dampens their powers so beyond the sealed gate their powers aren't rate aren't as strong as they are here and when they they come here all of a sudden they're just out of control until they can learn to balance themselves is it that there's something on their side that's dampening them? Or is there something in this world that makes them stronger? Is it like Superman in the sun? That's a good question. <laughs> I'm just saying what Strago asked, like, yes. s- says. Yeah. So then Yura is like, expresses sorrow at what they did. He's he's They're very repentant. Locke says, you know, the Empire wants to make peace with you. They want to, they just want the destruction to end. Like, will you come with us? And Yura goes, they would forgive us, you know, and Locke nods. And I'm like, like, you don't know that, Locke, but okay. (laughs) I mean, they told Locke that they would. And at the same token, Empire will forgive. Are you willing to forgive the fact that they killed all your friends? Like, both sides need to forgive if if there's going to be peace. Yeah. 
And so we head back to Tomasa to meet with General Leo. And General Leo and Yura talk, and they both agree to leave behind the mistakes of the past in order that the other group is done, right? Yeah. Basically, the war crimes both sides have done. We're going to say both sides have done war crimes, and we're going to move on. (laughs) And I wrote mistakes in quotes because I'm like, the, the inciting war crimes, I feel, are much worse than the accidental retaliatory war crimes. But you know... (laughs) <laughs> I mean, that's a matter of opinion of whether, like, evil is justified by evil or not. Does receiving evil justify returning evil or not? Leo's glad that they could stop a second war of the Magi from happening, and they decide to all go to Vector together. Mm-hmm. And Locke goes to Celeste and is happy because it seems peace is finally upon us all. And he goes, Celeste... And she says, don't say anything. And then they lean in toward each other. So they've both decided that, all right, like, we're going to we're gonna move on. And so they're, like, all cute and cuddly or whatever. And then Realm goes, those two are hot and heavy, huh, Grandpa? And I laughed because <laughs> I thought that Grandpa was adorable. Goes, they're young. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So then Locke seems to become aware that there are people around them. And he freaks out and everyone laughs. <laughs> and that's the end of the game. Yay! There's peace. The couple got together. Everything's good. The end. So what'd you think of Final Fantasy VI? I loved it. It was so good. (laughs) Just kidding. Wah, wah, wah. It's like that video I showed you of somebody who is reading a young adult book and is like super like scared and depressed and somebody else comes in and is like, what's wrong? They're like, the heroes just like won and everyone's happy and my OTP just got together and everybody's like rejoicing and there's a party and they're like, that sounds lovely. Why are you so scared? There's a hundred pages left. Oh no. Yeah. You need to get rid of that book now. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. Yep. So we haven't dealt with Kafka. The game's not over. Yeah. Um, what do you mean? Kafka's in prison. You're right, sorry. Kefka needs to die, though. <laughs> We're not going to pull the Batman nonsense of, We're going to imprison the most powerful criminals ever, and it's going to be fine forever, and then have him escape five seconds later, because they always escape, Batman! They always escape. I am very anti-death penalty, except for when it comes to Batman's rogues gallery. <laughs> but, but Superman's rogues gallery doesn't need to die? I don't read Superman comics as much, so I don't know. I just go with the Man of Steel of him killing Zod type thing. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, Kefka comes in from the top of the city with Magic Tech armor guys. These ones are like orange, so you know that they're like super Magic Tech armor guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Magic Tech soldiers knock out some of our people. General Leo like freaks out and demands from Kefka what's going on, and Kefka just goes Emperor's orders. And he starts turning all the espers into magicite. It is a horrific scene. Like, it's one of those things where it doesn't need to be super accurate animations or whatever. It is because we, the concept of it, of how we know the espers give up their lives to turn into magicite. So it's automatic death or whatever. And the, the way that Kefka does it, he just like, he kind of just waves his hand and the two espers are gone and there's magicite that floats towards him. And he looks over here and does it again and just like laughs in between each one. And, and we also know, like you said, that magicite only happens when they've willingly given up their lives because all the dead espers who have been drained didn't become magicite, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so somehow Kefka's learned a way of forced suicide as opposed to just straight up murder. Yeah. Right? Like, which is even more horrific because... Or some third way, but yeah. yeah. Whatever it is, what it's it... not good. <laughs> yeah. And, it, like you said, the way he's just waving his hand, it's like it's nothing to him now. Yep. And, yeah, so he laughs in between each one. And then after he's killed everybody who's there, he walks back to the other Magitech soldiers and goes, This little Hamlet has too much boring and not enough burning. Torch everything. And they do. So we take control of Leo, and he walks up to Kefka, and we beat Kefka? Well, we beat Kefka, but then Lisa put a question mark, because I'm like, that's that's not the end of it. And Kefka disappears, and he summons the Emperor. 
and the emperor apologizes to leo for lying to him but says it was necessary for the plan to work because they need to collect the magicite and leo goes but my liege then what have i been fighting for and gestal says leo i'd like you to take a well-earned rest a very very long rest <laughs> and the emperor disappears in a cloud of smoke and kefka reappears Apparently, the Kefka we fought was an illusion, just like the Emperor was, and Kefka's somewhere else entirely. The Emperor's somewhere else entirely. Kefka's there. He Well, I mean, like, Ke- well, no, Kefka, like, projected an illusion to fight, so he's, like, you know, back back somewhere where it's safe, but still there. Yeah, and so then Leo tells Kefka he's in sin. Kefka jumps on he's him. He's insane. You didn't say it. You said in sin. Oh. <laughs> say that again. <laughs> Leo does tell Kefka he's insane. He's also in sin, but... <laughs> Kefka jumps on him, the screen goes red as a stabbing sound effect is heard, and Leo flashes and disappears as Kefka's sprite goes, Die! 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 Like, yeah, it's horrific. It's horrific, and Kefka's power, like, comes through, because we fought him so many times at this point. Mm -hmm. It's not like in 4 when we'd fight Golbez over and over, and every time we'd have to fight Golbez, he'd just wreck us, right? Mm -hmm. Every time we fought Kefka... It seemed like we were getting hits in on him and Mm -hmm. he ran away. This time, Leo has quadra attacks when he attacks. Yeah. He does like a thousand damage a whack. Kefka's just like, you really thought you touched me? Mm Mm-hmm. Really? It's like fighting a Loki projection this whole time. Like, you're not actually getting me. That's insane. (laughs) Like, I am way too powerful for you to be any kind of threat to me did you not just see me wrecking the espers with a wave of my hand <laughs> yeah so at the i didn't think about this until just now but were we always fighting kefka projections or has he just gotten stronger as the game has progressed the fact that he is always the strongest of the knights like we've learned in vector in our first time that it broke his mind but he's the strongest creation mm. that that uh sid ever made yeah like it's very much a Sephiroth type thing where, like, we're not on the same level as him. We're not on his level yet, right? Like, So you think we've been fighting projections? I think he's either been toying, or toying with, with us, us yeah. or, like, oh, no, you hit me. I should run away. Like, I can't handle your strength. Like, or they've but with, been projections. But with better acting than that. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> so then as Kefska's laughing over Leo's body, there are some flashes the screen goes through a bunch of different uh, colors as Kefka panics, wondering what this tremendous amount of energy is that he's sensing. Mm-hmm. And we cut back to the Esper Gate, and a, a single rock falls from where the rocks were in front. And I'm like, oh, oh, something's happening. And the doors burst open, and Esper's come out saying, hang on, we're coming to help. And I'm like, no. <gasps> So now we have a whole army, not just of the young Esper. So like, now it's the like parents coming to try to rescue their kids, and Kefka just stands up, laughs, and, and turns just... them all into magicite. Yep. As they keep coming, first like he, it's one at a time, and then we so we see a fire Esper battle him. It like kind of like it, I think it's the Ifrit spri- sprite. It is. But we are you know, we know it's not Ifrit. Um, so just another fire Esper. And it's, it's, I think the point of the battle is just showing us how strong Kefka is. Mm-hmm. Cause at first he, fu- he, he casts fire and then he casts Fira and, the, and both just miss. And then he hits Faraga, but, and it hits, but it heals Kefka. So mm-hmm. like the third strongest fire attack hits, but does, but heals. And yeah. And then he's, and then he gets, Kefka gets bored and just finishes them in one swing. And he kind of just throws his hand across and from off screen, a dozen or so die, and or half a dozen or so die, and they just come. The magicite just floats to him from off screen. And so now he's laughing the whole time. He says, now that I've got all the magicite and the gate's open, I can go beyond the gate and collect our treasure. Mm-hmm. And so we know he wants to wake the warring triad, and we now know that the warring triad is beyond the gate. So we know what the treasure is that he's trying to do. Mm-hmm. So there's a scene change. Because how do, where do you go from that? <laughs> right. And so we assume that, you know, Kefka took off and now we're just left with the wreckage of what just happened. Now they're, it's, it's our party and they're standing in front of a freshly dug grave and there's a sword in it for General Leo. Tara goes and she lays some flour in front and talks about how people only want power. And she's like, she's sad because she's like, she wanted to learn more from Leo. 
And then the whole party just bows their head in respect and has a moment of silence for him. Mm-hmm. And then... Interceptor limps over and barks to get everyone's attention. And he's got a nasty wound. Like, that's why he's limping. Yeah. And Locke says, not only Leo, but Shadow too? And, like, implying that Interceptor's there without Shadow, so Shadow must be dead. And Interceptor's, like, wounded. Shadow would never let that happen. Exactly. A wounded Interceptor with no Shadow, like, yeah. Um, So we're afraid that Shadow might be dead. Lisa's like, I can't help but think he's not dead. But the characters in the game are, I mean, they're also reeling from the death of someone that they thought was super powerful. So they're like, of course. And Locke says now he's worried about Edgar and everyone back in the Empire. So we get ready to go back to try to get back to the Empire. But Setzer shows up and says that we've all been had. It was all a trap. The Emperor lied. Edgar was able to get everyone out into safety before the trap was sprung. And it was because Edgar got tipped off by a lady who was serving them tea. And she just blurted it out after Edgar and her barely started exchanging pleasantries. And Saban cuts in pleasantries and edgar laughs and shakes his finger at sabin did you think i could be so rude as to meet a lady and not make any moves at all it's all a matter of courtesy dear brother courtesy (laughs) and lisa wrote lol it was so funny i love edgar like edgar edgar's the kind of like you know his character sorry The character archetype of the ladies' man, the flirt, the whatever, walks a fine line between being sleazy and being charming. And Edgar, I think, falls away on the charming side. Like, I I find him delightful. Because I I think he's the kind of guy who genuinely just loves women. And not in a way of, like, he wants a harem and wants to, you know, just, like, use them. I think he's just delighted by women and thinks they're all gorgeous and is just, you know, like Ken in, in the world of Barbies. Like, and I think... And it, it's just, he, yeah, he cracks me up. I love Edgar. That's great. <laughs> I love Edgar too, but like you said, that archetype is so hit or miss in general. And definitely for you, like that I was very scared about how you're going to rev- like oh. <laughs> hit Edgar. <laughs> I think Edgar genuinely like is looking for love, but on the way there, he's going to flirt with everybody. I think he flirts and I think he does a little more than flirting along the way, I think, but... But I don't think it's using people, is is my point, like... Depends on how you feel afterwards, but yeah. Some people may have enjoyed the, the, the moment if all they had was a moment, and some people may feel used afterwards, but... I don't think I, his intention is to I don't think them. his intention yeah. is either, and I yes. was about to, That was going to be the next piece of what I said, yeah. but yeah. So, now that everybody's back together, all, like, 30 characters in this game, <laughs> we exchange news, tell them what happened... And we decide that we need to rethink our plan based on all of our new news. And we introduce Strago to our friends. And then Realm says that she wants to come too. And Sabin laughs. He's like, we can't have a kid running around. And Realm runs over to him and says, who do you think you are trying to tell me what to do, you over, you overfed muscle man? And Sabin says the kid's got quite a lip on her. And she goes, I'm going to paint your picture, which freaks out Tara, Locke, and Strago. Like, they do the, like, animation where they're flailing. And they go, no, 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 Realm, stop! Like, (laughs) it cracked me up. So Strago agrees, noting that even if he told her to stay home, she wouldn't. So it's just better to have her with. It's the parents like, we would rather have you try alcohol and drugs in the home with us (laughs) than out on the street because we know you're going to do it anyway. (laughs) Grandpa's like, I know you're going to throw yourself into danger. I might as well be there to protect you while you do it. (laughs) So everyone walks off screen except for Edgar, who looks deep in thought. Realm comes back and goes, what's wrong, lover boy? And he goes, how old are you? And she goes, 10. Why? And and I'm like, Edgar, no. Edgar, stop. (laughs) And he turns to the camera and wipes his forehead. And Realm gets a question mark over her head and just goes, that's weirdo. I'm going on ahead, okay? And she runs off. And then Edgar says, after she's gone, they grow up faster than you think. You'll break a few hearts when you're older, kid. And then he follows. And I'm like, okay, phew. Like, I got, <laughs> I got worried for a second there. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was great. Which we know that kids aren't off limits to Edgar because he's had a couple. Remember we met a kid where he was like, I'm going to marry the king one day. Like, he's already told me back in South Korea. Oh, yes. Um, which, which to me, I... I imagine Edgar, like I said, because he just charms yes. women and loves them, was f- the way that grown he was men... playful yeah, flirting, exactly. not actual flirting, yes. yes. 
But um, I just meant the like. Yes. <laughs> he's the. He's looking at her. Is like, which type of flirting am I doing with you, kid? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, that's how I took that. So we board the airship, and Setzer mentions that the Empire found some statues, and Strago goes, "It couldn't be." And we cut to the Emperor and Kefka at the gate. So we find out that it wasn't just Kefka along. Gestal has been in control. This The trap was everything. Mm-hmm. Gestal says the warring triad are just beyond the gate. So it's not just Kefka that wants them, but Gestal. Mm-hmm. And he just needs to go claim it for himself as he walks across the bridge. And then in a moment of, like, humor, Kefka stays behind to turn to the camera and do his, ah, ha, ha. And the Emperor's like, hurry up! like, And also just, you know... Traumatic irony for us, where, of course, Gestalt's not in control. Gestalt yeah. thinks he's in oh, control. Yes. We know Kefka is, and Kefka's looking at us, breaking the fourth wall like Deadpool, and just being like, uh-huh, he's going to get what he wants. Come on, guys. I'm getting what I want. I'm the real villain. You know it. Yep. Back on the blackjack, uh, Tara sense- senses that something's wrong, and she says that the earth is crying out. Um, and then we have a we have a cutscene of a town being torn in half, very much like in Age of Ultron, right? Like just how that what was that city? Sokovia. Sokovia gets ripped from the earth and like lifted into the air, and we see this landmass floating into the sky. And like like I said, we see a town being torn in half, and I mean like someone falls in between mm-hmm. and dies, and we see people being separated and. It's horrible. And then there's shadows overcoming the another town as this landmass floats into the sky. And then we see Kefka and Gasol on that floating landmass. And they're near a triangle of statues that look kind of like gargoyles with blue and purple energy flowing between the statues. So picture a triangle, right? They're in, and there's... A triad, maybe. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, and I just mean they're like perfectly aligned in a perfect equilateral triangle. And... There's energy cackling between or crackling between them. And Gestal says that the power of the triad and with the power of the triad and his magicite, the world will be his to command. And we cut to Strago saying that the triad froze themselves in a perfect arrangement so that their each of their powers would be neutralized by the other two. But if ever those were to be moved out of that perfect alignment, the world would be destroyed. They, they set themselves up in a mutually assured destruction where if one of them for some reason unfreezes themselves, if they have that ability or, you know, like basically, look, if, if any of us ever move, we're going to blow up the world. We're not going to risk having one of us loose with the other two not able to check their powers. We're like, it's mutually assured destruction. Well, it was also a thing we found earlier in the story that like, they got tired. Like, mm-hmm. after they created the war- the magic in the world, after they created the espers, they just got tired. And so they were like, look, you know, but they are so powerful, each of them, that the only thing that can neutralize was each other. Yeah. So it's not even, like, mutually assured destruction as in, like, one of us is going to try to, like, do something without the others. It was more along the lines of how do we rest without destroying the world? Well... If our powers are flowing into each other, like, our powers neutralize each other. Um, I think it's both. Okay. There you go. Yeah. And so now we have control of the blackjack, and we have the option of heading to the floating continent, uh, taking the wheel to go explore around, or never mind, which is just... Keep on the blackjack and go inside and change your characters and all that. So that's what we're going to call it. It's Um, a lot of stuff. You know, I told David, I was like, look, this is a really long thing, but... At, you know, once it started ramping up, I was like, where do I stop? <laughs> and so... It's a good stopping point. Yep. So what are some other, uh, other of our tents look like, Lisa? Oh, yes. So then I did some grinding that had nothing to do with the story and checked out some different characters. So Strago's tent is red and gold like his cape with a tuft of white hair on top like his hair. It's very adorable. I cackled. Cyan's tent is mint green with a cactus on top. Like, it looks like a cactus, but I think it's probably supposed to be a sword hilt. I think it's a sword hilt. <laughs> but it looks like a cactus. Setzer's tent is purple with a red diamond on, on like, the flap. And then there's a red heart on top. So, gambling casino man. And Celeste's is lime lime green with a yellow sun on top. We didn't get Edgar's. What's Sabin? Gow's. Or, so, oh, I did do Gow. What did... I didn't, I didn't write it down. I didn't need to to level up Sabin or Edgar, so I didn't try theirs. Gauss is, is green like his hair with, like, yellow trim, like his pants. So, 
I will find out Saban and Edgar's next time I play with them. But I think that's everybody then. Sounds good. Yeah. So we got a level check for our new party. Mm-hmm. At this point, you can pick from anybody that you've got. Mm-hmm. So my new party is Tara at level 25, Celeste at level 21, Locke at level 26, and Saban at level 26. And I don't, I haven't decided what my party is going to be going up. Like I said, I was leveling everybody up. It really bothers me when characters are super different levels. Like, you know, if they're plus or minus one, it's fine because they level at different rates and everything. But like I had Gao at level 14 and Sabin was level 25 and, you know, Tara was like 18. And so I spent a long time grinding and now they are all 25. Nice. And now I just need to decide what my party is going to be going forward. So I will, I will make a note to myself that next time I need to say who my party is as we go forward. There you go. But yeah. So how are you feeling at this point? I'm feeling like I want to kill Kafka. <laughs> and I don't, the, the, these are the horrors that I'm guessing is about halfway through the game. Like I said, it's, it's, it's ramping up now. So we, we may be closer to two thirds or three fourths of the way through. I don't know for sure. But this is this is the ramp up, so I'm scared of where we're going from here. <laughs> but I'm I'm loving this game. It's a fantastic game. It's great, isn't I, it? I know it lulled for a bit, I think, last episode, but like I said, like I knew this was the calm before the storm, and here's the storm. Like <laughs> we're going. Yeah, and I didn't even think that uh it was that much of a lull last time. So there you go. Yeah, so how are you feeling? Oh, I love it. I mean this game is fantastic it is the best game we have played so far this game is all the things and all the feels and all the great characters and it's the high watermark that i knew it would be yeah like this game is so good Mm -hmm. um yay yay all right where can people find us david you can email us at spousesoflight at gmail.com or leave us a rating and comment on your podcatcher of choice We would love to get some ratings and reviews and to hear from you. That would help us to know who's out there, what you're liking, what you're not liking, just to connect with you. Nobody found me at the Lorcana tournament, so, you know, big tears, but (laughs) we'd love to connect with you otherwise. And yeah, so without further ado, I'm David. And I'm Lisa. And thanks for joining us on our quest to kill a mad clown. This fantasy is anything but final. Thank you.